Praise be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This message is based on the gospel reading that you just heard, Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. The crowds that were there that met him, they had faith in him. More specifically, they had faith in the potential power that this man might save them. He may have entered on a cold, but they had faith that Jesus would surely ride out on a horse victorious. Now this wasn't the first grand entrance of Jesus. Some 30 years before he entered into his creation. But that time as a helpless infant, born in a manger. But the birth of that infant brought with it news of a newborn king. And when King Herod heard that news, he had faith in Jesus. But it was a faith in the potential power that this might bring down his kingdom. Jesus may have entered as a baby, but Herod had faith that Jesus would try to leave as a victorious king over Herod's kingdom. And so he attempted to have Jesus killed. Let's kind of see the parallels here. King Herod had faith. Jerusalem, they had faith. But it was a faith that kills. It was a faith born from the selfishness of man. A faith that was rooted there with selfishness, with pride. And in the case of Jerusalem, their faith was built upon what they believed to be rooted in God's own word. If you listen again to the Old Testament reading, it comes from a prophet, from uh, Zechariah. He was uh, at the time when they were coming back into Jerusalem and were rebuilding the temple. His visions were full of encouragement, full of assurances that a lowly king would fulfill the old covenant and restore the kingdom of Israel. Now here's just a part of what you heard this morning. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. 
Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. This is where the people of Jerusalem attached their faith, this, that this humble king would rise up and defeat their enemies. Their faith was a faith that killed. It was a faith rooted in the belief that God would send a soldier to destroy the Roman Empire. The problem was, Jesus refused to be their weapon of vengeance. He had come to destroy their spiritual enemies, not their physical ones. He had been sent to do the will of his Father, not the will of, of his creation. And the will of his Father did not include crushing Caesar but instead crushing Satan. See, this is what he came for, and this is what he entered into Jerusalem to accomplish. And the people there soon realized that their faith had been misguided. It had been attached to the desires of man. And they believed that there would a king that would do their will. But they soon realized that their king wouldn't be found in Jesus. And so, how did they respond? Did they question their faith? Of course not. Their faith was strong. It was a faith that kills. And so they sent Jesus to die. You see, King Herod had faith. People of Jerusalem had faith. They both had faith. But their faith was anchored to the will of man, not to the will of God. And when Jesus entered into each of those scenes, he challenged that faith. See, he arrived with a mirror, not with a sword. And they hated him for it. Now, lest you dismiss this as just a history lesson, I want to talk about another entrance of Jesus. In our baptism, he entered into our hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, he didn't enter as a baby. He didn't, didn't enter riding on a donkey. But his entrance was just as lowly. Nothing more than water. And although that water was combined with God's word, the earth didn't shake. And those even outside the church walls didn't even notice. But he entered our hearts nonetheless. Our faith grew, and it became strong. So how do we protect it? How do we ensure that the faith that we have this Palm Sunday is a faith that is true, a faith that is of God and not of man? 
We find the answer in our gospel passage, verse 16. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. You see, the disciples had faith, too. Faith very similar to that of the crowd. Their expectations of Jesus were self-serving. They were sinful. But theirs was a faith that was open to the corrections of the Holy Spirit. They studied scriptures, and they let their hearts and their minds be affected by God's word. They allowed him to build a faith that was true, a faith that was godless, a faith that was anchored to Christ and his true work. They had a faith that became a faith that killed, but not their enemies. It killed their sinful selves. They died to their earthly desires. God raised them to new life, a life anchored in Christ Jesus. Their faith, it became one not of vengeance, but of service. They desired salvation for their enemies, not destruction. And this is how they protected and how they grew their faith. It was the only way they could. And it's the only way we can. And so on this Palm Sunday, I ask you, examine your faith. Pray that God would show you where your faith is a faith that kills, that seeks vengeance and self-serving goals read scripture and let the power of god's word strengthen you and nourish you and build your faith you have a faith that kills let it once again kill your sinful flesh And renew a faith in you that will lead to eternal life. Please pray with me. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. In your name we pray. Amen.